0: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We have our official episode number two of the Fantasy Menace Dynasty Superflex podcast. I am once again joined by Brendan Elbrizio
1: What's going on, Jake?
0: Not a whole lot, Brendan. Round of applause. You can hear it in the background. You can hear the oohs and ahs in the background. And also on the other side, in the other ring, in the white trunks, we have Colin O'Brien hey let's do this <laughs> tons of enthusiasm <laughs> tons let's of go, enthusiasm, hey, yep. ton, of,
2: ton of great feedback from episode one let's let's replicate that huh
0: gentlemen we got it out there we said we we're gonna get it out there and we did we have an episode out we got the pages a lot of kudos to Brendan and getting those launched a lot of kudos of colin kind of doing the background research a lot of kudos to us putting the work in putting the elbow grease oh, in the oh, grit right right and kudos to the audience listening in we got at least six full listens i know that much and i think it's only going to climb they who shall not be named are going to start feeling that that we're eating away at them we're like we're going to grow on them like a fungus we're going to start kind of taking away the listeners it's going to be it's corrosive right did did i tell you the news?
1: Jake and, Jake and Colin, did I tell you the news? This is information just came across my desk right now.
0: We're scratching out what Colin just said, by the way. nobody, We don't want anybody referencing us as the fantasy fun guy, by the way. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> All
1: right. This is literally, I'm just being handed this these numbers right now. Last episode was our highest rated, <laughs> most popular episode we have ever published. Breaking
0: news. There Holy we go. It just came
1: across right now. Just handed to me right on air. Lot oh, off yeah. the presses. Oh, my
0: gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, we can we can kind of spend our time doing our acceptance speeches now or we can do it a little bit later. But for today's episode, what we're going to try to accomplish here, we're we're going to set new goals every time. It seems right. Last episode was we're going to post something. We're going to get it out there. This episode, we're going to try to get a little less than an hour and 22 minutes. We know it was invaluable information in our last episode. We know that you guys wanted more, 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 more. You know, we got families. We got lives. We got to live. We got to work outside of this for now, for now until the sponsorships really start rolling in. But today, we're going to try to keep this a little bit quicker. We're going to try to do a little more fast twitch, a little fast punch, a little up the gut, a little up the in between the guards, right, Brandon, like, just like DeAndre Swift, like we spoke about last time. But, tackles, uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Tackles, guards. I I like it all. Okay. It's, it's.
1: Are you going to lie to the audience like that? Right at the beginning in episode two, you're just going to lie to the audience on why we're cutting this shorter. Why are we cutting it shorter? We're cutting this shorter. I just want the audience to know this. We're cutting this shorter because somebody who handles the audio editing has said that it takes a long time to cut the episode down when okay. we go so long and okay. this person that will go and name their preference would be for us to keep it closer to an hour because then they won't have so much work to do after
0: okay all right the if audience, that's where we want it yeah, do we want to are, are we opening the kimono is that what we're doing right now yeah, because potty- it doesn't it doesn't it matter an,
2: what we say because that person is going to cut this whole portion anyway. So it
0: was an hour and forty-five minutes of stuff to cut down. Seventeen minutes of that was an analysis on the Green Bay Packers that was somewhat easy to cut out. The rest so of it, that however, was an
2: elite, elite analysis, and people are sleeping on the Packers. Okay, they went out there and did exactly what I said they would do, and they got their asses beat by a bad football team, just like I said that they would probably do. Uh, But if that is not true, nobody will ever know. Okay.
0: Very good point. Okay. All right, boys. Hold together. Okay. Episode two. Bring the energy. Bring the noise. Here we go. Let's go, boys. All right. We're going to go game by game. We're going to give you our instant reactions per game week two, right? Last time we left you shortly after the Thursday night game. We gave you some really good insight on the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. We also gave you a ton of insight on our risers and fallers in that. You may have heard certain comments such as Cam Akers is on the outs. Kyron Williams is on the ups. Boys, do you think that one worked out or not? What do we think? We think that was somewhat of a predictive, somewhat, uh, you know, pretty talented insight. Would you guys agree? Christian Kirk might have been a little wrong about that one. He looked pretty good this past week. It seemed like they heard you call him. They heard your complaints about Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk heard your complaints, went to Doug Peterson, said, Hey, the fantasy men, even the fantasy menace is talking about us right now. We can't have that. All six of their listeners are furious about how underutilized we are at the moment. But here we go. Okay. So let's just kick this right off. We're going to skip the headlines today. You guys want a headlines episode? Look down further down the road. Okay. Further down the schedule. Today we are going. Boom, 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 is what we're about to do. Starting with the Washington Redskins. Oh, did I do that? Excuse me, Washington Commanders. Name's
1: not coming back. They said (laughs) it. Yeah,
0: well, okay, we'll see. Time will tell. Washington Commanders versus the Denver Broncos with a thrilling end to the game, 35-33. Guys, I think on paper, we look at this from a Dynasty Superflex perspective. Not a very exciting game, but was it? brandon what do you think what are we where are we where are we landing on this game right now because i don't think you had that one in the dvr did you
1: uh no i saw some of it i definitely saw the end of it because that was this is the last game on and scott hansen over at red zone told me that broadcast rules prevent him from showing one episode get out of here and i did and boy did i see the end Russell Wilson with 26.92 points. Wow. But that's fake. You know what? You can simultaneously have a great fantasy day and be a horrible quarterback at the same time. And that's what Russell Wilson had, Jake. But I will tell you, the person I think that is most important in this game, especially in our in a super flex league, is freaking Sam Howell. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He threw for 299 yards. He had 21 just over 21 points and some of those throws were awesome. His touchdown throw to Terry McLaurin where he's McLaurin's got three defensive backs around him. Wow. In my book right now after that game, I think Sam Howell is a QB2 that you should be starting in your super flex spot like every week. I do not have Sam Howell and he would go right into my starting lineup.
2: Uh hot take. I don't I don't necessarily hate it, but uh I, I'd like to see a bit more but I am super excited about him actually I do think there's a lot to like he's he seems to be kind of a baller in my opinion and I think a lot of like the kind of sleeper type of quarterbacks that we've seen throughout the years like the the Minchus and the Heineke's and those type of guys that like may, maybe just didn't quite have it to be like a real legitimate starter in the NFL I kind of think Howell might and let's not forget that before his uh final season at UNC he was also considered to be one of those top prospects that was going to be one of the next elite quarterbacks in the NFL and then a bunch of his uh you know top studs which none of them have actually played out in the NFL but they all left him and he didn't play all that well and so it all it all kind of fell apart for him but uh honestly i think he's someone who if you need if you need a quarterback he's definitely somebody I might throw at least a dart throw at and from a super flex standpoint right it's kind of figure hard it's tough to figure out like exactly what you're going to trade for a guy like that but if you need to throw like if you can get him for a third maybe even a late second one million percent you might not even be able to get that anymore but um definitely someone who's like drastically climbing up my 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 board here
0: ship may have sailed there we'll see uh big fan of Sam Howell. You, he was somebody you could have picked up off a of waiver recently. Brendan, I think that's what you I was
1: right. We have to give you some credit here, even though I don't want to. You picked him up off waivers in October. I think that was when, was that when Rivera said he's going to be the starting quarterback, and we all laughed. I laughed. I was like, okay, yeah, Sam Howell, okay. But you ended up getting him, and I bet you a bunch of people in a bunch of leagues did the same thing, and now they've got themselves what I, uh, I think a very good starting quarterback in their league
0: yeah i mean i think some of this we got to give credit to eric Bieniemy, the uh, offensive coordinator that, uh, that yeah. did that lateral yeah. move right we got to keep in mind he went from kansas city to washington to take the same position if you leave offensive coordinator you typically leave it to become a head coach but he did it to get out of the shadow of uh andy Reid as well as patrick mahomes it is seemingly working the turnaround has been really good at least through these first two weeks the only other three guys sam howell I agree. Superflex League, this is what we focus on. Sam Howell trending up. Very excited if you have him. Uh, And to Colin's point, I certainly would not trade him for a third. I think I'd hold him for a second because it seems like they really like him. The other guys worth talking about in this game, if you're a Jahan Dotson owner, a lot of hype about him going into the season. Not a lot of output so far. I think he put up nine points a week one. He put up 5.2 points. However, 12 targets in those two games. That's pretty good. And it's, you know, Denver is a very good, defense Arizona not so good that's who they face in week one but I will say if you're panicking don't panic yet I don't think you go and sell I don't think you think oh gosh I was so wrong about this guy give him another week or so he's got Buffalo this week He's got Philly then he's got Chicago after week five if you are seen the same kind of output then I think it might be time to panic but the rest of you I wouldn't Brian Robinson guys that's the other one I want to talk about before we move on from this game real quick before we do that because we'll end on Brian Robinson Javante Williams he's coming back give him a little more time he is coming back he does seem like he is on yeah, schedule totally. to be back this year so that is incredible but brian robinson not b. John robinson brian robinson the, the other b robinson looks like the guy he looks unbelievable he was 18 carries 87 yards two touchdowns i think he had three receptions as well they're using him that that is uh that's surprising and on the flip side of that antonio gibson as well he was three for three in receptions but two carries for nine yards Brian Robinson is the guy there. That's somebody I think we all overlooked a little bit and probably most of the Dynasty community as well. Guys, what what are you willing to offer right now for Brian Robinson?
1: If I'm a Brian Robinson owner, then I don't know that I'm going to get the value that I would want out of him. And the only reason I say that is because even though Brian Robinson had, had a great day, he was only out there for 52% of the snaps. And this is like so wild to me. I have to think at this point, B enemy might have a soft spot for Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is out there for 48% of the snaps. After fumbling last week, they still give him that number. He's not as good as Brian Robinson is. He fumbles the ball. I don't understand what they're doing with Antonio Gibson. So if I'm a Brian Robinson owner and I'm trying to make a trade, I'm not sure that someone's going to give me the value I want, unless we start seeing Gibson fall into the 20s for snap share. So I, if I'm an owner, I hold them. If I'm not, then I'm probably going to offer, I'd probably offer a second round or maybe a second and a third, depending on how late that third is.
2: Yeah, if I'm a Robinson owner, I don't know that I accept that trade. Though, I, here, here's kind of where I'm at with this. I don't know if a lot of people expected the commanders to be as competitive as they've been so far. The next two games that they have, I believe, are the Bills and the Eagles. And although both of those teams have not played to what we thought they would be I do think that the first few weeks of the NFL season typically is a slow play and a lot of those use those as a little bit like of an extended preseason so I do think that um, Gibson will be still heavily involved in games where they're playing from behind which they really haven't been doing all that much so far so let's let's maybe not like count all of our 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 eggs or chickens or whatever that might be whatever the saying is right like let's let's hold off on that but uh definitely an interesting type of player and um i would expect gibson to be far more involved in games where they're not playing for playing either in a very very tight game where they need to run the ball a lot uh if they need to throw i kind of think that maybe he will not be as effective
0: brian robinson 24 years old currently after week two small sample size however Running back three on the season so far, so that's somebody keep an eye on one other person. To keep an eye on before we transition. Marvin Wim- Mims, excuse me, Marvin Mims. I said it properly the first time. Marvin Mims, twenty point three points, two for two, one hundred and thirteen yards, one touchdown. Keep an eye on him. We're not, we're not getting too excited yet. However, keep an eye on him. Jerry Judy. who's was back. Portland Sutton was out there. They still go to him. He's the, that guy that takes the ceiling off. So we're going to keep an eye on him now. Going straight from an absolute barn burner to an absolute bum burner. We had the doo-doo bowl. That was the New York Jets versus the Dallas Cowboys. Zach Wilson performing exactly as you expected him to. Uh, guys, let's let's open up. There's a lot of uh, players here that we want to talk about. I think Brees Hall, I, I'm not sure if we all saw the complaints. Brees Hall, four touches. But, Colin, what, what – what, I mean, as a Zach Wilson owner in our league of record – Obviously you can't be too happy about that, but what is anything you walking away from this game that you're feeling good about?
2: To be honest, uh, I'm pretty concerned. I think there's some exciting stuff that did happen. Like Garrett Wilson did have a a big play there and a big touchdown, but that kind of bailed his day out in my opinion. And the one thing to call out is the Cowboys are legit defense. They are a very, very tough matchup. And for Zach Wilson and his technically first start, although really kind of second start this year um I think it's it's concerning I don't we kind of know what he is I think at this point right and so what we really want to see them is to run the ball a bum, a bum. I, well yeah uh yes I think he is okay mm. but hey who knows right sometimes nice bums grow from a little bit of work right so let's <laughs> let's see how he develops throughout the year. stage advice. Uh, considering I have him on my uh, league of record but Uh, on my team in the league of of record here, but I do think that we should be very concerned that they're not going to be able to throw the ball effectively. They have a very poor offensive line, and I do think that Brees Hall will be okay, provided he gets the touches that he needs. He showed that week one, he doesn't necessarily need a million touches, but four is not going to cut it, of course. Um, Delvin Cook, what is up? With him, you know, he's I'm done. Pretty, he's spending. yeah. I'm pretty concerned. What I, I don't really understand what what happened there, right?
1: Yeah, he's older. He got he had surgery over the off season. He got stripped pretty easily. I think Minnesota saw what we are all seeing now, which is a 28 year old running back had a number of surgeries, and a little bit injury prone. I just don't think he's as good as he was before. And I think he is the only person that might not know that, Jake.
0: I I, I totally. I mean, Brees Hall was not very happy. He was not very happy. He he went. He immediately put this cryptic text with just four footballs up on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we call that these days. However, I believe that was referring to the four touches that he got that game, or at least the four carries. He had two targets, zero reception. If those of you out there in the audience are like me who did not start him week one and then decided, hey, I got to start him week two, I feel your pain. I certainly do. Uh, on the other side of this game, Cowboys look good. Defense obviously looks good, but we are a Dynasty podcast. If you're looking for IDP, look elsewhere. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. Michael Parsons, congratulations. You are one of the, if not the best, defensive player out there. However, Dak Prescott's looking good. He's got the weapons around him. 19.6 points from a fantasy perspective. 31 for 38 completion, 220, 255 yards with two touchdowns, no interceptions cd lamb also got thrown to the wolves and survived that one catch i don't know if you guys saw that where he high pointed the ball got kind of hit right at the hip line and almost came down and snapped his neck so luckily he came he got right back up he did those little sniffing motion which i still don't know what on earth that celebration is a sniffing the fingers it's everybody seems to think it's cool i don't get it it's kind of like the superstar movie where they put the hands in the in the armpits and then sniff their fingers that's kind of i'm gonna call that the superstar Uh, the molly the molly shannon celebration now anyways i'm going down a weird hole
2: (laughs) (laughs) you smell what the rock is smelling his
0: fingers the guys out there smell every good play he's like i'm gonna smell my fingers now oh yeah you see that how about i sniff my fingers how about that anyways pretty good game (laughs) tony pollard are we buying tony pollard is tony pollard just a volume-based guy like you see that good I mean,
2: he's been really interesting. He like throughout his career, he's been like extremely efficient with the touches that he's had. I just think like he is he is not he is not an elite running back. He is not he is not uh, the type of player that I think I would bet my entire franchise on I think he's a very good player for this year for you now but let's not forget that we're running dynasty teams here we're running a dynasty podcast and I truly don't believe that that Tony Pollard is someone that you're going to be able to rely on year in year out for the next three to five years so for me it's like yeah take what you can get right now I'm not super excited about him although I do think he is he can be explosive explosive um But like for me personally, he's one of those guys where if I can, if I'm not win like right now, I think I would love to sell him off for whatever I might be able to get based on the hype that has been like slowing constantly for three straight years that we're not even seeing like even close to the amount of excitement that we did in the past. So like, yeah, he for me, he's a sell.
0: I'm with you on that. I think I felt that way from the beginning. I think the volume's there. He's obviously getting the goal line touches, which is amazing. So the output is there. So I don't know what I'm even complaining about. However, I just don't believe in the talent that much. I think he's a little overhyped, right, boys? I think we should move on to the next one because this is a little more juicy than the doo-doo Bowl. That is the Jets. Next up, we have the Puka Nakua game, the Kyron Williams game. And those two guys lost the game. So that that's just telling you how well this game went. We have the San Francisco 49ers versus the LA Rams 30 for 23. This game had a whole bunch of storylines in it. It had a lot going into the game where with Cam Akers being a last second scratch. Right, Brendan, what happened there? Can you tell me what scratch. The
1: happened? Well, according to Cam Akers, he knows about just about as much as we do. And which is nothing. He said he was quote unquote blessed. Still, but he didn't know anything today. Sean McVay did confirm that they are shopping Cam Akers, which I think is a really interesting tactic to let the world know that. Yeah, all the rumors are true. Line up for the guy that tore his Achilles and hasn't really been good since he came back. And I hate which we talked about in the last episode. So I got to tell you, Jake, I'm not really sure what's going on with Cam Akers there. But for me, he's an absolute do not touch. He is radioactive. In fact, in another dynasty league, not our league of record, I put in an offer for Cam Akers. You know who's shopping him in that other league. He's also in this league. I put two second-round picks before the game last week, and I pulled that back so quickly. But, yeah, I think Cam Akers is done in my mind. He's not He's not going to be a starting running back for long, I will say.
0: Now, rumors are, as we speak right now, now, Kareem Hunt is currently visiting the Browns. But Cam Akers is also a trade interest for the Browns. So if he goes somewhere like that, there are teams that need running backs. So we need to see where he goes. We loved his talent coming in the NFL, didn't we? There seems to be some serious character issues that we're concerned about. Our very own Justin, Mr. Meepley from our League of Record, may or may not have insider information that he slept with Sean McVay's wife. Now, that is unconfirmed, but that is at least his stance in one of my DMS where he was trying to buy Kyron Williams from me and trying to convince me that Kyron Williams will be the next one to sleep with Sean McVay's wife. Now the pottings could take that however, which way they want. We'll see where cam Akers falls, but the upside here is Kyron Williams. What do we think we, we heard all off season. We spoke about it last episode. Kyron Williams is Sean McVay's guy. Sean McVay loves him. They love what they see out of him. He's five foot nine. No, no, no. Look what he did this week. He comes out, he put 14 carries, Uh, 52 yards and a touchdown, six receptions, 48 yards and another touchdown. He looked unbelievable. Am I right? Is that correct with the the 52 yards rushing? Why do I feel like he had even more than that? It felt like more than that. I can tell you that much.
1: No, that's right.
0: Okay. Well, either way, looked like he is the emerging guy against a very stout rush defense. Is that correct? Last time I checked, the San Francisco 49ers are pretty darn good.
2: One hundred percent. He um he, he's my eyes are fully open. I feel like last time we talked about him, I i made him one of those guys that you want to sell high on, and to be honest, I still kind of feel like that, but maybe at the end of this year, not right now, because right now you're I think you're gonna be able to ride him throughout the entire year. He is someone that I think they feel really confident in, and I think he's going to at the very least get all the touches in that offense. Cam Akers is, in my opinion, done uh i think he is best case scenario a committee back in an offense that uh is desperate and i don't really want that on my roster at all tyron williams i think has showed that he not only can run the ball effectively he also can catch he had uh six catches on 10 targets that's really good for a guy who Everybody was sleeping on. Nobody even really knew his name before this year, except for the three guys on this podcast. Of course, we talked about him at length in the past and uh, happy to say that I actually have him in two of my teams because that's what you want to invest in. It's the guys who have talent that come out of college that are on really questionable backfields. And this should be a lesson to all of us moving forward, right? It's anytime you're not super confident in the guy who's the head of the monster, go get the guys that are underneath that. And more often than not, especially if they have Achilles that are made of paper, you're going to be able to very often use that guy either in your own win now format or trade that guy for way more than he might even be worth later down the road in two or three years like a Pollard, right? So super exciting guy, especially right now. I think I'm definitely investing him in him wherever I can in redraft formats and things like that, but that's a guy who I think is going to be a really, really big Player throughout the rest of the year.
0: Well said. And now, Brennan, I know you want, in the interest of time, I know you'd like to speak about Tutu Atwell come up here as well uh, while we're talking about some of these emerging players. However, I'm not going to give you that dignity. Oh, gee. I'm not the host. If you want to talk about him, we can do it another episode. All right, all right. I'm. I want to wait and see. However, some of the other guys, real quick, just to run through. Debo Samuel emerged. Was that because of the Brandon Ayuk injury? We all saw him get that shoulder injury early. It looked like he was in big trouble. Came back in, but certainly wasn't effective. Debo Samuel certainly stepped in six for nine receptions, 63 yards, five carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. They started to use him like they did prior to him getting that contract extension where he was really complaining about being used like a running back. They started leaning on that again and seemed to work. Christian McCaffrey obviously had another big game. George Kittle, you're probably not excited with the output of George Kittle so far. Six points for fantasy this week. Three for three receptions, 30 yards. The guy I want to talk about, guys, is who I said at the beginning of this, Puka Nakua. Brandon, are you believing in Puka Nakua? He's setting records. Where are you on him right now?
1: I hate to say it because I love Tutu Atwell, and Tutu Atwell is getting his fair share of targets. But man, I don't know how you cannot be a believer in Puka Nakua. He's had He had 20 targets in the last game, and in week one he had 15. And when you see him on the field, he kind of looks open for most of these throws. He had... He had a tough catch that he dropped on the on the left sideline that was fired a little low to him. But outside of that, I don't know. He looks like he is for real. When Cooper Cup comes back, I think the most likely scenario in my mind is that Tutu Atwell becomes the third wide receiver, which he probably should be given his size and skill set. And Puka Nakua slides right into wide receiver number two and starts, I don't think he'll get 20 targets any other game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there between eight and 10 going forward. I think he's definitely got Stafford's trust. He's executing really well, and he is doing literally everything you could possibly want when you get an opportunity like this. So I'm a huge fan of Puka Nakua. I don't have him in any of my leagues because I wasn't as big of a fan before this week. But yeah, I mean, 20 targets and putting up a show like that, You got. How can you not be a believer?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And we don't know when Cooper Cup's coming back. We don't know what's going to happen to that to the distribution that they're certainly utilizing Puka Nakua like Cooper Cup, if not even more. It seems like he's getting even more of the target share without Cooper Cup there when he comes back. How much is that going to eat into Nakua's opportunity? Same thing goes for Tyron Williams. How much are they leaning on those guys? But this guy looks like the real deal. Again, somebody that if you guys are following along in the preseason and the camp you know beat writers stuff you were hearing his name over and over again this this drumbeat has been going on so those of you who are cursory dynasty players you probably missed out on those guys those of you who realize that a dynasty season never ends probably were on top of one of these two guys meaning Kyron Williams or Puka Nakua and knew that there is a chance at the very least that these guys are going to emerge so that's just a nice reminder this a dynasty is a year-round league don't don't get it twisted Moving on to the next game, fellas. The major, extremely exciting comeback for the New York Giants versus the Arizona Cardinals. Who saw that coming? The Cardinals were blowing them out. I think it was 21 to seven or something like that. Colin, you and I have a best buddy, Adam, who is absolutely melting after week one, the performance of the Giants, Daniel Jones. They come back. They look like they're going to have the exact same type of meltdown. But then we have Daniel Jones, finishing with 31.7 points, 26 for 37 completions, 321 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries, 59 yards, and another touchdown. Daniel Jones is back. Guys, where do you have him? Is he moving in your rankings on our fantasy menace, true rank rankings? Right now, I believe we have him as quarterback 14. We have him behind C.J. Stroud. We have him behind Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, where do you have Daniel Jones? Well, first and foremost, I
2: think I'm moving Dak back. Uh, I just don't think his upside is nearly where a lot of these other guys is. Uh, is. And I I really like Daniel Jones, but let's also not – I don't want to give him too much credit. Like <laughs> He can run the ball. That's super exciting. He can throw the ball, and that's exciting too. But the problem with him is just like consistency, right? And there was points in this game where it looked like nothing – was going to go right for the giants and super excited. They came back against the team that is the number one odds on bet to be the first overall pick this year. They're the, the Cardinals are not supposed to be good. They are playing tough, which is very interesting, but again, it's the, it's week two. I still think that long-term over this season, I think the Cardinals will fall off. I think that Daniel Jones uh, i'm not necessarily 100 sold on him but he is a guy that has a pretty decent floor based on that rushing upside he had nine carries for uh, almost 60 yards and a touchdown if he can do that every single week yes 100 i'll move him up anyone that can do that every week no question right so um he is an exciting player it's just i would like to see it a little bit more consistently uh i do think that there's another that we should definitely talk about however and that's Saquon Barkley and that injury um sounds like it's going to be three weeks ordinary
0: I'm or- or- ordinary ankle sprain I don't know about that
1: ordinary
0: yeah, ordinary
1: but then ordinary. they come out and say today well maybe he will play and I just find it all very it's suspicious ordinary. Let me tell you guys something. I find this all very suspicious that Saquon Barkley is going to be out three weeks, but then the coaching staff says, oh, no, he might actually play. And I find this suspicious because just yesterday, the NFL filed their grievance against the NFLPA because of the running back Zoom meeting where they all got together in a Zoom and they all plotted against the poor NFL owners to fake injuries and gain more leverage. The NFL served the NL- NFLPA this saying that they were this was against the collective bargaining agreement and they were not working in good faith to fulfill the agreement. And so we've got Saquon Barkley, who clearly got hurt. You saw that play. But we also have Austin Eckler with no timeline to return. And we have Aaron Jones, who's got a hamstring injury, and it's unclear when he's going to return. So I do find it suspicious that the top running backs are hurt, but no one seems to really know how bad they are hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little gamesmanship. And you know what? I can't really blame them because... And we'll talk about the other running back injuries that happen. This is a dangerous position. And if you do not get paid early on, you're not sure if you're ever going to get paid. And it's like, man, Saquon Barkley is so good and so talented and has had injuries. And now he still can't get paid. After having a career year, I don't know, man. I do feel like there's some games of ship going on here. I don't think he's gonna play this week. I don't think he's gonna play next week. And I think that three weeks is a minimum. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Saquon Barkley for five or six weeks. And it
0: stinks because 70 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown, another six out he's of awesome. seven, he's six awesome. receptions, seven targets. 29s at a touchdown the guy performed for you 27.2 points it's what you invested early in him for but you're right repeat ankle injury ordinary injury ordinary 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 however we'll see he either comes back this week comes back three weeks we'll see what happens there we i'd be remiss to move on from this as a super flex league here without mentioning joshua dobbs right the, the, <laughs> listen just want to say very briefly we'll, we'll brush over this however keep him on your radar the guy 25 points 21 for 31 the giants defense isn't like a big joke it's not like they're this this porous sponge that you just throw footballs through at all times so just keep an eye on him the guy the guy was on nobody's radar they traded for him very last second from the browns right before the season began I think we thought Clayton Tune Tune or Tooney. how do you pronounce his last name? What? I think it's Tuney. Clayton Tuney uh know. we thought would take the the reins here. However, it seems like Dobbs he he almost won it and it almost feels like the Arizona Cardinals were like, well, we don't want to win this because we're not going to win anything this year and they totally forgot that they traded away their first round pick next year. So, uh moving on from this game, I just didn't want to move past that because if you have on your bench, it could be a Sam Howell situation. Guys, you laugh now, but, you know, who knows? A couple weeks from now, we'll see. Maybe the guys continue to perform like this. One or two more of these 20-point games, it's, it's not really a laughing matter anymore. Going back to the Zoom call running back injuries, another one of those I believe is the one that orchestrated the call. Austin Eckler in our next game, the Los Angeles uh, Chargers versus the Tennessee Titans. Chargers lost 24-27. to Pretty close game. As you mentioned, Brendan, I think you mentioned Austin Eckler was also not in this game. Who knows when he's coming back? We will see uh, week two with an ankle injury. No timeline to return. With that, we did have some producers. I think a lot of people went out and were very excited about Joshua Kelly. 3.9 points. We're going to move right on from him. Nothing exciting there. Nothing to really talk about. Derrick Henry, however, the emergence has happened after week one, where he actually was out snapped by the rookie Tajay Spears. He came back. With authority, he looked like the big boy himself. Looks like he had more room to score, too, uh, but ended up with 18.4 points, 79 yards rushing, a touchdown, another three for four receptions. Guys, who else stood out to you here?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, I think like, Tajay Spears is still very interesting to me. Eight for 49, uh, two catches. He's definitely going to be involved all year. I mean, if you have Henry, and for some crazy reason Spears is available on the waiver wire. I well, I think you have to go get him. And I do think he's someone you got to go trade for in dynasty formats. Uh, somebody I'm very excited about. I think overall, I think Henry, they're going to, they're going to probably probably really work him all year. And I think that's something that we want to see as Henry owners, but long-term Spears could be super interesting in terms of the, the game itself, like Justin Herbert, it's kind of more of the same, right? Super exciting for me. I, I love, love herbert uh i think that i was starting to get a little bit nervous about mike williams but he had an awesome game 13 targets someone who I actually was actively trying to sell all week long nobody wanted him and i'm probably going to keep doing it to be honest because i do think there's cause for concern long term for him and his uh his long-term stay there but uh i mean it's kind of more of the same for them right
0: yeah yeah, no, I, they they manufactured touches for Mike Williams. there. Keenan Allen, the guy that we are always going to sleep on. Brennan, I know you were a Keenan Allen fan for a long time. He certainly showed up for you this week. 31 points, 8 for 10 receptions, 111 yards, two touchdowns. It was a week of the old guard between him and Mike Evans. I think we all saw that. I think they may have finished wide receiver one, wide receiver two, but that might be an outdated set. Either way, good game by these guys. Quentin Johnson. You guys panicking about him? You're not seeing him at all out there, right? The rookie, a lot of hype coming in. See the other guys and Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Quentin Johnson's getting outsnapped easily and and handedly by Josh Palmer. Some of these other guys that were that we don't even really know that well. So we'll see how it develops. Keep another eye on him. But you guys panicking if you own him? What are you doing?
1: I think Quentin Johnson's doing exactly what I thought he was going to do, which is nothing. <laughs> He's basically competing with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen for snaps. And unless Mike Williams is hurt, he's not getting those snaps. That's why he's not out there. He's just another big, tall receiver that the Chargers love, but they've already got two. So they don't need a third guy that's going to try to run similar routes. And I've never been a Quentin Johnston believer. And I think he's going to be behind them when Mike Williams does come down with the inevitable injury. Sure. Quentin Johnston, maybe you can plug him in your lineup, but what is he a five targets across two games last week? 15% snap share. Nah, keep him on your bench. You hope and pray, but that's about it for me. Yeah. yep. Yeah, well
0: said. All right, let's move on. Next game. We got Chicago 17 points losing to the Tampa Buccaneers. 27 points. Who would have imagined that the Tampa Buccaneers will be two and zero going into this week. They beat Minnesota last week. They came in, they trounced the Chicago bears and boys. I think the number one and possibly the only thing we really need to talk about in this game is the state of Justin Fields. Now we've recently made recordings where I have demanded apologies from multiple people in our league of record for absolutely emasculating, uh, Matt Sidman for trading me a first and a second for Justin Fields. However, their narrative is starting to turn a little bit and I don't know if you guys, I, in fact, sorry, I do know that you guys saw the footage of Fields having wide open targets and having no idea who to throw to and instead electing to run right into this pig pile of massive sweaty men as opposed to throwing wide open touchdowns to either his tight end and Cole commit or DJ Moore, who they paid a whole bunch of money to bring him into. I want to read you guys a little stat about Justin Fields and his career so far. Fields has started 27 games so far in the NFL. They're 5 and 22 in those games. He's been sacked 101 times. His completion percentage is 59.8%. He's thrown 26 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. He has fumbled 31 times. He's averaging 156.5 passing yards per game. Also, did I see he's never thrown a 300 yard game so far? And has he surpassed 200 yards twice? Did I see something like that? Yes. What the hell is going on here? At some point, the fantasy production might be blinding us of how much longer the Bears are going to sit around and wait for fields to develop because the Bears have multiple first-round picks next year. I think they're number 2 in cap space going into next in, into the off season. I don't think they're going to be very patient with fields. What do you guys think?
2: So hard it's so hard to know. It feels like it just feels a little different, right? Like the Trubisky, like they kind of They gave him a shot. They moved on quickly, but it just kind of feels like people have been giving fields a much longer leash. It does seem to be starting to turn slightly, but uh, for me, I've I, I really don't know what to think about it. Like a lot of these stats that are coming out are really not considering his, his legs, right? He can run. And that is really important, especially for fantasy that's really what keeps that floor really high for us that's why we just talked about um we just talked about Daniel Daniel Jones that way like if you can use your legs that's great it doesn't mean you're going to keep your job and they just continue to lose games that they should be much more competitive in they really don't have any excuses at this point i feel like they should be running more effectively across the board they don't have anyone on their team that's like blowing anyone out of the water it's all just kind of like noise right so um he,
0: he ran he ran for over a thousand yards last year he's yeah. run the ball 13 times in two weeks you would think they'd be manufacturing more runs that way so i i think everybody's in question there from the coaching staff down but certainly not the the start that we thought we'd see from the, the chicago bears you guys know i'm a diehard dj Moore fan brendan are you panicking if you're a dj Moore fan i can't answer that because I'm going to be too bullheaded about this. No way. Absolutely not. You can't convince me, but let's hear from somebody else.
1: I've got him in the two leagues that are not the league of record that I'm in. I'm not panicking yet, and I'm not panicking because I still hold a candle for Justin Fields, even though it hasn't been the greatest start of the year. I think that a lot of young QB development is around the coaching staff, the scheme, the system, and the play calling. And Jake, you hit the nail on the head what are we doing here with 13 total runs across two games last year? Justin Fields really turned it on when they had him running, when they designed those plays for him. And you know what I equate this to? I equate this to in the NBA, when players are struggling to hit their shot, they get to the free throw line and they just need to see the ball go in. Then they start gaining confidence. Then they start getting into the game flow. And for me, When you see Justin Fields struggling to break down a very basic defense or seeing guys running wide open and he's not pulling the trigger, I think he's out of rhythm and he's not in his game flow. And to me, that's get him some nice runs. So I think it's a very, it's not going to be easy because Chicago still has a lot of work to do, but I think it's a very fixable problem. I'm hoping they fix it. And therefore, I'm not yet panicking on DJ Moore because DJ Moore directly linked to Justin Fields' success. I'm holding him. I still believe it's too early for me. Coaching staff's got to get their head out of their asses and figure out how to get him into the flow, into the rhythm of a game, running the ball, so then it opens up the passing lanes for him.
0: Okay, well, that is a hell of a transition because speaking of panic, I think what we'll do is we're going to jump over to this next game, which is the... Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars, and when I speak of panic, I speak of the lawbreaker himself, Trevor Lawrence, currently sitting at QB twenty-three on the season. Guys, he is somebody I think all three of us thought is going to step in and just have this unbelievable season this year. They, they, it seems like they've added everything up around him. They have all the weapons they got. They got the coaching. He really everything started to click last year about halfway through the season. They got the Indianapolis Colts that they face in Week One. Doesn't really show up. This week, he puts up 9.24 points. And in those two games, he's fumbled the ball three times. He's only lost it once. But you got to start uh, – are, are the eyebrows raising? We, we, we can talk about Mahomes, guys, but I don't think we need to do that today. 22.2 points, 305 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, seven carries for 30 yards. There we go, Mahomes. Congratulations, whoever has Mahomes. He's still awesome. Trevor Lawrence, what are we doing?
1: Well, I think that there's another quarterback – that's no longer in this league that also struggled with Steve Spagnuolo defenses and his name's Tom Brady. So I'm not that worried about Trevor Lawrence from last week. That's a tough game. He had a good, not great week one last week. I think he really struggled to put it all together. He was off target. Calvin Ridley had brutal stats. I think Calvin Ridley was two for eight. I mean, it was just, everything looked bad. He got a bunch to Christian Kirk, but, it was well, just an off game for. Him. Let's
0: stop you right there. Let's give Colin an opportunity to apologize to Christian Kirk because my boy audience audience. I strongly advise you guys go listen to our risers and fallers episode from last week. However, Christian Kirk twenty one point nine six points, eleven receptions out of fourteen targets, one hundred and ten yards. Colin, apologize.
2: Yeah, um, I could. I could. I could apologize. I, I feel like he needed the wake-up that I gave him last week. So I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to say it's about time. It's and about you, damn time. In, in, and you better pick it up, okay, because this is just the start. You are the wide receiver one on that offense. And Calvin Ridley uh, is uh, a two-for-eight type of guy, right? Like he's <laughs> – no, I, I think uh, the, the the reality is I have no concern at all about lawrence i think he's my bet to have the uh absolute blow up season i bet by the end of this year we're talking about him as a potential mvp in the league i really think that he's going to have an amazing year i think what they're going through is growing pains and trying to figure out how to leverage all the weapons that they have right now efficiently and effectively and how they work on the field i also think the kansas city defense is better than we thought they were going to be. I think that they've been so far really, really stout for them to win a game 17, nine. I don't think anybody's really anticipating something like that. Right. Um, but specifically for Christian Kirk, I still have the same concerns over all the different weapons they have in the offense. And Mm. is it going to be a Kirk game, a Ridley game, a Zay Jones game, an Ingram game, uh, Uh, maybe even between Tank Bigsby and Travis Etienne, although I think the the cream will rise to the top overall. But from a week-to-week standpoint, Jake, you've been saying this for a while. I'm fully on board with it. I think I'm all in on Lawrence. I'm a little concerned with all of those different weapons and which of those will be effective week-to-week, not consistently throughout the entire season. But I'd love to see that from Kirk uh 14 reception or or 11 receptions 14 targets 110 yards they were forcing that ball to him uh and it seems like maybe they heard all the feedback across the entire nfl they heard you and they were waking up so they
0: heard you you woke the sleeping giant but you're right guys just look at it across the board the only guys that have been consistent here excuse me only guy because not even trevor lawrence is evan ingram evan ingram is currently resting at Tight end three on the season. Last week, he scored 9.9 9 points. This week was 11.7. So it's not like he had a boom game. He's just consistently putting up right around that double digit threshold. The rest of them Christian Kirk, 22 points this week. He was an absolute no show last week. Calvin Ridley, absolute no show this week. Was an absolute stud last week. Zay Jones, zero points this week. Absolute stud last week. Tank Bigsby, nothing this week. Travis Etienne, nothing this week. Absolute stud last week. This is kind of what it's going to be like, right? This is. This offense, you can't predict who is going to be the guy that week, and it's going to give you anxiety. You're going to lose your hair. You're going to go to sleep in hives. You're going to have all sorts of breakouts because you are going to be panicking about starting somebody on this offense right now other than Trevor Lawrence and maybe Evan Ingram. We'll see. Uh, from, the, from a Kansas City standpoint, guys, anything there? I mean, Sky Moore got his touchdown, three for four, seven yards and a touchdown. That's kind of it. Kadarius Tony didn't screw up. He's not the laughing stock this week, but we don't forget last week. Travis Kelsey, welcome back. Let's move on. What do you guys say? Anything there?
1: Yeah, Kansas City is who we thought they were. It's the Patrick Mahomes show, wide receivers. Who knows what's going to happen there? The- yeah. <laughs> and the running back situation is not great. So uh, not much more to add there. Indy at Houston.
0: Indy 131-20. Uh, this was the Anthony Richardson quarter. I think that's what we'll call that, right? It, technically, he played two quarters. He came out, he put up just about 18 points in one quarter and then took himself out of the game, alerted the team that he believed he had a concussion on that second rushing touchdown. However, guys, six for 10 complete, completions, 56 yards, three carries, 35 yards, and two touchdowns. He looks everything that we believed he would be. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy. And I know that is a cause for concern for everybody right now. He is taking a lot of hits week one. He ended that game with what looked like could be a serious knee injury. We didn't know where that ended up. He seemed fine then and really slammed the back of his head down in the end zone and was taken out of the game. We don't know when he's coming back. Hopefully it's very soon because he is electric when he's on that field. But guys, who else are you looking at? Because there was another rookie quarterback on the other side of this game that I don't think we're talking enough about.
1: Yeah, C.J. Stroud looked pretty good, huh? C.J. Stroud, 384 yards, two touchdowns, throwing on time, on target. I've been pretty high on C.J. Stroud since the offseason, and I thought he showed a lot in this game. I don't think his ceiling is going to be anywhere near Anthony Richardson. I mean, Richardson had almost 18 points in a quarter of play. C.J. Stroud not probably going to do that, but C.J. Stroud is making some strides, making some waves here. I'm really impressed with what I see. Making some strides.
0: How about that? Are we going to make that fun? We can cut that. I'm not going gonna to. We don't have to. I'm not going to. Gonna. I'm not going to. He's making strouds. We're going to tie that one in at some point. Uh, Before we move on from Brennan, though, Brennan, I want you to take your victory lap on Nico Collins. I think it's time you give me credit where credit's due. Most of the time, I probably should get more credit because I am unbelievable. However, <laughs> Nico Collins... Seems to be the guy currently wide receiver six on the season. Uh, 14 points last week, 27.6 points this week. You've been banging the drum. Go ahead, have your parade.
1: I've had lots of offers for Nico Collins, I turned them all down. I have been a believer now for a while, even when it looked pretty grim. 20 targets across two games is my favorite part of this because they CJ Stroud is throwing the ball to Nico. Collins, you mentioned it, number six wide receiver overall. He has been great. I cannot wait for him and Stroud to develop even more chemistry for that team to get just a little bit better. And I think Nico Collins is going to be a very nice wide receiver, one six four, 215. He's got that build, he's got the ability to grab the ball out of the air. Uh, you just, I just love everything I'm seeing, and he's. Got no one else to throw to either, so that doesn't ever hurt. He's the only guy getting opportunities, but I'll take it. And I think by the end of the year, Nico Collins is going to be a wide receiver one.
0: So so 20 targets over the last two weeks. The, however, the irony in this is that Tank Dell was actually out-targeted by one target. Nico Collins, 7 for 9 receptions, 146 yards in a touchdown. Tank Dell, 7 for 10, 72 yards in a touchdown. So they are spreading the wealth. All I can think of, boys, is how did C.J. Stroud do this against the Colts this week? But Trevor Lawrence could not do it last week again. But I'm not going to get too hung up on it. John Mechie, welcome back. Kind of a hero story coming back from leukemia. That's yeah, that, exciting that was
1: awesome that he got out there. That was really cool.
0: Colin, I know that you're a big Michael Pittman fan. I think we talked a little bit about that last week. I don't think we have to talk sure. about it too much. Eight for 12 receptions, 56 yards. Would have loved to have seen how that stat line would have ended up if Anthony Richardson was able to stay in. Anything else we want to call out? Damian Pierce. Probably should have sold him in the offseason. Starting to look like you probably should have sold him in the offseason. Was he a a fifth-round pick? Sixth-round pick? What the hell was he? Fourth, fifth? Guys, I think he was a fifth-round pick. you got to listen
2: to the podcast, folks,
0: because we just keep saying it. If the the audience finds the hidden tracks, someday we're going to release the hidden tracks. You'll see. We've Sorry, been.
1: he's a fourth rounder jake
0: fourth round, okay anything after third though that's what we've been saying right so it's six we're sticking to our guns on that one but little too little a little too late you're not probably not getting a whole lot for damian pierce uh at this point guys i think that's let's cut that for right now let's take a pause Podience, so you're gonna have to wait for the next episode we're gonna break this up into two different episodes this week okay so stay tuned guys excellent assessment of how the games went so far i think we're going to win a lot of people some championships good insights for those of you that are listening make sure you use it share but maybe share after you've made the moves that we've suggested because that's certainly how you can go ahead and win brendan how do you think this went
1: so far today well i think we're pretty good jake i think we're pretty good well but we're happy to see the audience in the later half of the week we certainly will colin i think we're going to start off next
0: with seattle and detroit that's certainly a good game to pick back up on what are you thinking yes
2: sir a lot of good stuff to talk about the one thing i'll say to the audience is please share but also don't forget to like and subscribe
0: oh that's probably a good idea that's absolutely true and with that we are out of here